We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Obviously uh, disappointed. Uh, you, there's no, you can't take any uh, pleasure in losing a football game. I really thought that the young men did fight. I appreciate the effort that was given of not giving up and give us an opportunity in the fourth quarter. And uh, we need to regroup and we need to go back and uh, we really need to check ourselves. And we will do that as a family. And then we will come out and try to do a lot better than what we've been doing. You know, I just thought Clayton did a nice job of coming off the bench and giving us uh, certain things. Uh, it was it was actually uh, you know good good to see him finally get out there as a senior. It might be his you know his last opportunity this year to play football, and uh, hopefully he'll have more after that. But it could be his last opportunity, like all the seniors in there. Right now, everybody's job is in jeopardy. If we're going to go through the tape, and if guys haven't done the type of job they need to do, then we need to start getting some other guys in there. It's not fair to keep playing the same guys if the uh, if the results don't change. We thought if we ran some QB runs, maybe it would soften it up a little bit. Clayton came in and did that. We have to do some other things with him, so every time he comes in, he's not just the running quarterback that comes in and we try to do some of those things as well and then obviously you know when uh, Tommy got the one hit you know he wanted to go back out there but I'm like no you know you've done enough for this one out that was a, a really really good shot okay it was a really good shot and, and like I said those guys are my those guys are like my stepsons I mean that was enough for me okay and I'm that was enough for me. I didn't need to see him do that, go through that again. Uh, it was good to see Cisco out there. I thought I saw him hit some people. I really didn't know if he was going to play or not. So you guys, you can write that one down. So it was good to see him out there. And uh, if he played the second half, that was good too. You know, it would be fun to see if those guys are, their injuries reappear or if they're able to continue to stay out there because we need both of those guys. We need as many good players as we can get. I can actually think of two teams in particular right now that we faced and they were banged up and, you know, they thought we might not go after certain guys and we did and it affected the game early. And uh, we've got people doing the exact same thing to us. And that's, again, that's the cool part of football. You get to watch a lot of tape. You get to know who's hurt, who's not hurt, if you can figure it out and you know how to attack people. So people are doing a fantastic job. Uh, there's fantastic coaches in this conference, and we need to go back and see if we can do a better job as coaches 
to give our young people a better opportunity and a chance. And if you give them a chance, then you're doing your part and put them in position to make plays. And then hopefully they can make those plays and we can change the outcome. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the first Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a voice. So, welcome back. Happy Sunday afternoon for us. Syracuse fell to Pitt on Friday. Pitt leads the all-time series 40-32 to to in three ties. Syracuse Bull hopes, well, they're going to take a hit, having to win the next three out of five. Uh, the schedule doesn't get any easier either uh, as we will head to Florida State uh, next weekend to play them. Yep. So and we also have a couple other road games, one at Louisville and one at Duke. So, you know, it just doesn't get any easier. No. But we will, you know, we'll keep our heads up. And we'll see what to get game by game see what happens, right, Joe? Yeah, um, that's kind of what you got to do, right? That's it. We will get into all of that. We'll hear from you and fan feedback. But first, uh, we got to talk about the good folks over at MyBookie. Now, whether you have been betting for a while or it's your first time, now just remember if it is your first time, just research it, see if it's right for you. If you have been betting for a while and you know what you're getting into, head over to MyBookie.ag. If you're the kind of guy or gal who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try the parlay. If you like a couple of the big games coming up this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet on multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Pro football in full swing, college football in full swing. Obviously, the playoffs are uh, coming to a close, but we got the World Series. And uh, hockey and basketball is right around the corner. So, uh, you know. Now's the time to get off the sidelines and get in the action. If you want to really support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie.ag. If you want to join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. All you got to do is use the promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to activate that offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash on your first deposit. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Thank you, MyBookie. So, um... Yeah, another game of kind of more of the same, Joe, a little bit, really, for the most part. Uh, Syracuse was down 24-6 to at the half, but they actually held the Panthers to three points and 70, 72 yards in the second half. 14 of those 72 were in the third quarter. DeVito, 11 for 23 for 101 yards before taking a hard lick and having Welch come in. Welch finished the game 8 of 20 for 176 yards and two touchdowns. One of those in 95 yard completion to Taj Harris. He rushed for 36 yards on 10 carries. That makes him Syracuse's leading rusher against Pitt, which is which is bad. The Orange rushed for mm. 51 yards altogether on 34 attempts against Pitt. 1.5 yards uh, per carry. Last week it was 1.1 yards per carry. Uh, now that does include sacks. We, we, we sacked nine times, but Syracuse was 100 is 109th in the country in rushing coming into that game. So obviously that's um, that's going to sink a little lower. Uh, yeah. Another negative stat, and I'm not trying to harp on the negatives here, but the third down conversion rate is 36%. That's 101st in the nation. 
So, but mm. the positives, you know, they got the keep keeping the streak alive after recovering a muffed punt by Pitt. That extends a streak of consecutive games with a takeaway to 21, the second longest active streak with a turnover uh, behind Mississippi State with 22. So, um, you want to take some good out of it? Should have had another one too, but yeah. Uh. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. But yeah. Um, so anyway, Joe, I mean, uh, it was like the same thing. I feel like it's like Groundhog Day, the movie, where I just wake up and it's like the same thing over and over again. Uh, the, yeah. The, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of more of the same, right? I mean, how do you yeah. how do you analyze this? I guess we could um, look. I I have heard you know there's um, I don't think the line is getting better. They may have gotten better in a couple of games, like randomly. But to me, it just feels like you heard what Coach said. Everybody's job is is in jeopardy, and yeah. at some point, Joe, you have got nothing to lose, and you yeah. and you and you try to mix it up with with some some other hungry guys on, that are sitting on the bench right now. Well, yeah, I mean, they're sure there's probably cases where he might have thought that he could get away with maybe getting a red shirt for this guy, or you know, we can get away with maybe using that guy, but. If this is what it's going to look like and players aren't going to get better, then uh, you might as well replace them and at least get experience for the players that are going to be returning. Um, and they're going to have to shore that line next year. You know what I mean? Uh, right. We have, I, th- I believe, three players on our offensive line, or at least two, if not three. I don't know the deal is with Heckle, but uh, that are going to be gone next year. So, You know, I, I heard rumblings, too, about Heckle looking like um – in the rumor mill now take it for what it's worth but i did read it uh there's speculation that he's just going to be out for the rest of the year it doesn't look yeah. like it doesn't look like he has um there's no indication that he's returning anytime soon but the good news no. is we saw cisco out there he saw melifonwu late in the second mm-hmm. half so you know getting those guys some burn uh that's definitely back. That's good news, but it's not where we need the help. I no, mean, we it's need not. to help You're a little right. bit, but but for what it's, it's worth just, Right. It's been frustrating, and especially, you know, coming off of the offense we had last year and seeing the points, I think people just assumed and it got souped up and propped up by the media and just blown up by the media. Um, and I think they just thought that it was going to be a nice little just changeover and it was going to be the same thing. But obviously, DeVito didn't bring some of the same things that uh, Dungy did, and we're having a hard time trying to, you know, figure this thing out. Uh, and that's that's what happens when you have a little bit of change of the guard at, at the quarterback and stuff like that. And, and the bad thing is that every single ACC team sees this. I mean, if you're not sitting here thinking that Florida State's defensive coordinator isn't watching that tape and licking his chops, you're, you're crazy. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So Especially, um, you know, they were in the same position kind of last year. Remember how bad their O-line was last year? Florida, oh, yeah, Florida 100%. State? Yeah. yeah. And so. it's just sometimes it's tough when the shoe's on the other foot. But, um, you know, it's just – if you have a weakness, then sometimes it just exacerbates and it just kind of bleeds over to other parts of, of the team because when maybe the communication isn't there with running backs and tight ends uh, and receivers, the blocking schemes get messed up. And when there's not confidence with the quarterback or maybe the quarterback's injured and he's a little hesitant, then that, that hinders the whole thing. And, and honestly, I just think that that's what it is. I think just everything has just gotten – Really, really bad. And, and to be perfectly honest with you, this Clayton Wells, it was a great change of pace, but you're not seeing Tommy sure. DeVito throw balls into the ground like he would. He doesn't have the accuracy. He hit the, the one deep ball, 
And we got lucky. It on wasn't the even a deep just... throw, though. It was a lot of yak on that one. Uh, I mean, it was pretty deep. I mean, he beat the guy. I mean, he threw it up. He beat the guy. But um, you know that other drive we had. I mean, there was three pass interferences just from him throwing the ball up because they were trying to blitz and <laughs> one-on-one coverage. And you know, but, I mean, but Clayton, he's, he's a he's a bigger guy that can take he can move a little bit and he can take some hits. So he was able to run. And, and honestly, Pittsburgh they had no tape on him. So. Uh, I think that that was why you saw the tale of two tapes or tale of two halves was we got to go in the locker room and kind of, you know, game plan a little bit better. Plus, I'm sure Pitt was trying to, you know, they didn't have the foot on the, the gas, so to speak, because they already had the lead. And sometimes when you're in that position, you just want to kind yeah, of play conservatively killing, on offense. And, they were killing clock in the second half. Yeah, yeah. So um, they just didn't know what to do with pick or with uh, Welch. But and I you just, know, I don't know they they stuck him Jesus. in there first for some for some you know some sneaky QB run stuff but you know that's yeah, only going to work. Off guard and it'll work maybe twice. It's not going to work out the duration of no, a game no, and no, after no. seeing it on on film. No, and that's that's my thing is I know people are calling for Clayton Welch and everything, but that's, do you remember last year when we made this mistake and was a little bit more? <sighs> it was a little bit yeah. more convincing last year too. I feel like. But yeah. obviously, yeah. it's always tough when you when the, a team makes a quarterback change in the middle of the game and no, there's no tape or no one on the defense really has any game plan on the other guy. And there's it's a different like a, kind of style. It's almost like a panic moment for the defense. Like, oh, geez, you know, like everybody's just out of place and kind of just uh, guess, right. guessing. You know, you got Tommy DeVito yeah. in there, you know, you could taint him and, you know, you're probably good. You know, yeah. if you got well, good last coverage. Year when, when last year when Tommy came in, it it was a better offensive line, and it was still it was different from Dungey. It wasn't like he was in there running like Dungey, right. but the reason why he was successful was because defense didn't game plan for him, and he made different throws that that Eric Dungey didn't. You know that that defense didn't see Dungey, you know, make so therefore they weren't prepared for. Yeah. Now when you talk about preparation and game. And just, you know, obviously the changeover from last year, it's going to be a different kind of offense. And obviously we've struggled to find an identity on that side of the ball. And the positive, our defense keeps us in every single game. Yeah, you can only do so much, though, for so long, too. I mean, before they're just like, you know, if they're not getting a ton of help, obviously, then, you know, they're getting they're getting whooped out there. They got hands on hips. Yeah, um, but when Paper Shorts got here and Schaefer and even before that, like when – that those type of games happen like twenty four to six at halftime, getting handled like that turned into forty two to ten, sure, or thirteen or something. You know what I mean? So, I mean, when when you see an offense like this and you have struggles like this, all you can really ask for. I mean, obviously, you would like to go into the end of the game, fourth quarter, second half, with a lead, obviously. But all you really want is a chance to win the game at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, whether you're losing or whether you're leading. And the last two games, no matter how bad our offense has played, this team has got itself in position to put themselves they've, in that position. They've done a and, great job and, of trying to come back and clawing their and, way back. And, it's and you can argue that some of these opportunities got you know taken away. And then you have four quarters to make these opportunities. And some will argue, well, you shouldn't have to get a call in the fourth quarter to get a chance to, but you know, sometimes that's just what games come down to. It is. And, you know, so, um, and we talked about the games in NC, the, the last, the late calls in uh, NC state that weren't called. And then you talk about that overturned fumble when we had the momentum. And I mean, it's just, it was, it was crazy to me that that, that thing got turned over and, and called on again. Like I said, I'm kind of, 
I wish we were in a situation where we shouldn't have to rely on that. But at the end, okay. end of the day. But on the flip side of that, though, and you can say, you know, we, we've we uh, there was a lot of self-inflicted wounds in that game and you don't want to blame them. The refs, that is for a loss. But um, you should let the players decide the game. And when you have that, when you look at that call and by the way, Mike McAllister, QStation.com. They didn't show the video, but they explained what they saw in the video. I guess under under the, the the terms of being able to watch the video, they could not air it publicly or on social media or whatever. So take it for what it's worth. But they said that there's another angle that they didn't show on TV besides those three that you saw on TV that shows the ball coming loose before he's down. So regardless, you got the other three pre, um, uh, views that we did see. And what do you get out of those, Joe? The, the, the call on the field is a strip, a, uh, basically a, a strip fumble with rough. Yep. And you've got uh, a Syracuse ball, and now you need indisputable evidence to overturn the call. And like you said, real quick, they overcame a lot of self-inflicted things throughout the game. And if you want to go oh, yeah. back to that and talk about those two, then that's fine. But that... With that said, they still overcame that, and they ended up with the ball in the fourth quarter with 2.44 left. With like, so, and that's, yeah, and yeah. that's the game. Right around like the 30-something yard line. So you yeah. have a chance to go in and you know, get a touchdown, maybe go for two, go to the overtime. But I don't understand the, well, you can't blame the rest for this one call. Well, dude, the call came at a very, like, at the most opportune thing that could happen to Syracuse is get a turnover right there, and then they overturn it. With no evidence, seemingly zero evidence, going on what they thought happened, and then Pitt keeps the ball and they run the clock out. Well, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna point a lot of fingers at the refs for that because I think it was bull. I think it was bull. I think it was yeah. a terrible call. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's nothing shown there that showed even in the back, right? So even based upon assumption, if you thought that Ruff just ripped it out when they hit the ground then I can understand that. But at the end of the day, the play on the field was called right. a fumble. And, that's and the there's point. nothing there that proves that as soon as Ruff didn't come down behind him and slap his hand into the ball, that that was, didn't start. Because if that's starting to come loose before his knee hits the ground, like you said, and like you know that the article and some of the things that I've seen on social media as well have said that there's another angle out there that people have seen. It's a, not, not TV, a non-TV angle in which they said that the ball started coming loose basically as soon as Ruff came down and hit it. So, so what? What is it? What? It's not a. It's not a broadcast camera. It's I don't. Else. I don't know. And I'll tell you what. Too, right after they overturned it and they they put the camera to that player and uh-huh. you saw him, his face. I could tell shocked? from his body language that he fumbled and he knew it. He got away with one. Yep. That's yep. really bad, could, man. To call to call a, to overturn those refs a call. were bad all night. They were terrible. Oh my gosh, they were awful. After that, I forgot what else they called. I just remember, you remember the third down when they couldn't figure out what down it was? Third down, fourth down, did they decline it? Where's the ball? Yeah, they went back. They had no idea. And then right after that, they went to commercial and they started the game. Or I think they went to commercial after Pittsburgh scored because remember, we missed the kickoff. Yeah. There was like, they missed the kickoff because the refs actually started the game too fast because that's essentially the refs have to hold the, the game while the commer- during commercial timeouts to make sure that commercials are done. Okay, come in. Right. And they started the game too soon and they actually didn't get to see it. The commentator said something, which, you know, that was early in the game, but soon after that, the commentators really didn't have too much to, uh, brag about either because i thought they were pretty bad as well so i mean they're argue arguing the body slam when our guy got body slammed like 
pretending like less yeah. and all. Oh, well, that's a, like, that's a, last I checked. That's a perfectly legal tackle. Really? Since when? Since never. That's why he I doesn't mean, coach anymore. What a moron. I mean, you've got to be kidding. It's so stupid. It's so irritating to, to listen to people. And, and, like, I love the way it was trying to – The guy's a college – he was a college football coach. He Mora, know the Mora rules. Jr.? He was a coach. He don't know the rules. Yeah. That's why he's in the booth. He, he doesn't like to be called Mora Jr., by the way. Jim Jr. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Jim Jr. I, I don't care. I don't know him personally. <laughs> I just play him. So anyway, yeah, he he's that that was that was just absurd. The whole the, a lot of that was absurd, and that's my point when I say, well, you can't blame the rest for the last call that you know that was overturned. Well, no, I can because they made so many bad calls, and that one was just at the worst possible time. Now, uh, David Hale came out with a tweet that he digs up some stats, and if you don't follow him on Twitter. Uh, check them out. Uh, dating the two... What? I thought you were going to say don't. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, no, he's, he's comes up with some good stuff. Uh, dating to 2004, only SMU, this is part of his tweet. SMU in 2014 had given up eight sacks, uh, to three straight, but why am I hearing myself? Three straight Power Five teams. Syracuse matched that mark against Pittsburgh. Most sacks allowed through seven games by a Power Five BCS team in the past 15 years. Uh, Wazoo with 32, they ended up nine and four. Stanford with 32, they ended up one and 11. UConn with 33, they ended up uh, three and nine. Um, Wazoo again with 35, they ended up one and 11. Notre Dame in 07. With 35, they finished three and nine in Syracuse this year with 35, and still um, just under half the season to go. There's a couple more on there. Miami through six games this year has 28, but uh, Syracuse has given up 35 sacks so far this season. They only gave up 37 the entire last year. So that's that's going to be. I mean, you go eight sacks, eight sacks, nine sacks the last three games. I mean, this could get into the 60s at this point. Yeah. Well, and that's why, again, my paper said what he said. And, you know, it's one of those things. He's never going to call a player out because, you know, they are the family. They keep the stuff in family and stuff. But when you listen to his his press conferences, I think he says some telling things that if you really kind of dig deep and think about it, um, you know, I think I think he did it all in the offseason. I think he was kind of down trying to downplay what the media was talking about and how you could definitely tell that there was areas that he definitely wasn't. Uh, 100% confident about coming in. Yeah. And, you know, then even this last one telling, talking about, you know, um, no, no job safe. And, you know, he had a a quote in there talking about hearts being in it and um, people being and playing unselfish and for, and for the family and that kind of stuff. So again, that just tells me um, that there's still some, this team isn't as together as last year's was. and, And that could be a whole bunch of things. You get some unselfish players that, you know, I want to go out and make the big play instead of uh, run their assignment and do the responsibility for the play. And you get some people that get down because of the expectations and some of the players, um, like he said, hearts. And when, when, he, when a coach comes out and says, you know, their heart's got to be in it, that's telling me that he's got players where the hearts aren't in it. Oh, absolutely. And, Obviously. And, and then right. and even after NC State, when he talked about we need the seniors to step up, we need our good players to step up. And I, I feel like, you know, this is, might be a situation where uh, this group of seniors might not be the the best group of leaders. And sometimes that happens, you know, they're not all going to be Dungies and Zaire Franklin's and, and, and players like that. 
Uh, so there, I feel like there's still some internal on the field stuff that's kind of hindering these guys from actually getting better. That's why I think we keep seeing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, well, it's time to make the change. I think maybe we'll see that against Florida State. Either that or he has a regroup and he gives these guys another shot. But if things are the same after that, expect some personnel changes, I think. And, it, you know, like I said, what do you got to lose? Why the hell not? Well, so. yeah, and I think that's... Other was, than the red was, shirt thing, like you said. Yeah, you, well, yeah. And again, that's that's what you also have to teeter with, too. Yeah. It's because if you still want to get the bowl game, you might got, you're going through what? You're talking seven games at this point? Yeah, you need to get three out of the next five. And you got three games on the road against Louisville, Duke, and Florida State. Right. So, again, so at, some, at some point with some of these retro guys, you probably got to figure, you know, you got to get them in there, pull the plug instead of retro them, get them in there and get the experience now because the season didn't turn out the way that we thought it was. But um, at this point, it's kind of almost um, teetering toward – kind of what they talk about with like insanity, like continually doing the same thing and expecting, expecting a different, different result. result. And yeah. at this point, um, he's got to do something to change something up. Yeah. He's something, got to. Yeah. Something's got to happen. So, um, anyway, any final thoughts on pit Joe? No, no pit bet. Well, well, yes. Kenny Pickett's pretty good quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. Yeah. I was impressed. pretty good quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I was impressed, man. He's uh he's definitely uh poised and he's you know I'm I don't know how many times you gotta force a guy to his right and roll out and him make a pinpoint accurate throw I and know. at some point you gotta like what even the commentator said, at some point you just gotta make build a wall to the left side so you can't roll out to the right and make him do something. But I tell you, when he got out of the pocket and even some of those quick throws, I mean he was accurate. That touchdown Back shoulder touchdown against Bradshaw was really accurate. Yeah, so yeah. he definitely um, he's he considering from where he was last year, uh, he's made great strides. So kid's good. Yep, not bad. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. Hi, it's time to hear from you. It is fan feedback time. Go to the socials at Cuse Militia. Uh, go there on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, we'll propose the question at the end of every game. Uh, thoughts on the game? I, you see that, and you give your thoughts on the game. Had I known Joe was going to be in at his house, I did not think he was going to be there. We would have taken calls, but um, my bad. I didn't know. So we didn't. I assumed he was at his girl's house. So anyway, we got your your comments. But first, uh, remember, just use the promo code chair. Go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code chair and get your first deposit doubled. Use the promo code chair. C-H-A-I-R to activate that offer. Get your first deposit doubled up to a thousand bucks. Promo code chair. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Thank you, mybookie. All right. So the, the, the socials were, um, they were, it was really tough to go through these and, um, and for multiple yeah. reasons, for multiple reasons, not just like the negativity and, and stuff like that, but, um, just, uh, it was a lot of one line takes, a lot of, a lot of snarkiness. So 
Let's. Uh, yeah. So no, I, it always gets worse as we go on losing streaks. So. <laughs> I know it gets worse, and people's attitudes get worse, and it's just like, okay, all right. Well, anyway, if not now, when eighty-four anemic offense, too little, too late. Zero and three in ACC, not good, Bob. I'm a diehard, but I'm starting to lose faith. Injuries are killing this team. Maybe next year, a. Uh, apparently, Michael from uh, Canada. Who's Bob? Who's Bob? Who's <laughs> Bob? Um, look, yeah, I don't think much is going to change with the offense. I think uh, too little, too late at the end. But at least they, at least they, at least they gave it a valiant effort. I mean, yeah. like like you said, Joe, teams in the past could have got smoked after going into the locker room down twenty four to six and just yeah. coming back out and basically throwing their arms up, like their hands up, like you know what. And I, and I can only assume that. Uh, the main injury he's thinking about and talking about is the DeVito injury because honestly, like I said, defense is still holding up depending on, you know, even though the injuries that we had and the only offensive injury line that we've, or linemen that, that we've had is Sam Heckle. So, um, and like, again, I just don't think that he's the one that you know, solves all the problems. So um, I, no, I'm he's assume, not, assuming that he's referring to Tommy DeVito and the fact of the matter is, is that people can bang on this kid all he wants. You just threw out the stats about the historical sack number that our line is putting up. Yeah, that's not Tommy and, DeVito's fault. All and on top of that, nobody knows what injury Tommy DeVito is playing through. So yeah, he could have freaking I, I think it's hard. Who the hell knows? Right, exactly. Um. So yeah, it it is hard to you know it's it's tough to to give an accurate or you know assessment on that. But Sam right. Eckel, not the magic puzzle piece that's just going to be put into place and have everything work either. Right. So it's just it, that would be impossible, I think. And that's nothing against yeah. him. It's just no kind of the reality. So right. uh, at Tony Staffieri, our boy Tony. Tony. Uh, let's think long term here. Injuries will heal up. Ten wins. Got us into the living rooms of better players last year. Does a five-win season stunt recruiting? This one step forward, two step backward progression is not sustainable in the Power Five. And so, Joe, sir, private school uh, recruiting's tough enough as it is. You hear a lot of the uh, oh well, g- great programs don't just recruit three-star players constantly. Blah blah blah. Right? We've heard all that. So. <sighs> Everything, yeah. everything we can do uh, to help recruiting uh, is, you know, is integral in, in building a team, and it's tough. And you kind of rely well, on the charisma of the coach, and you rely on, um, you know, his system and who fits where and who wants to be here. So, yeah, well, like again, every recruit's particular. Uh, every recruit has their own agendas and, and and things that factor in their minds higher than others. Um, and again, like we talked about being a private school and in the Northeast where it's not, you know, hot recruiting beds, you know, we can, we can say that there's a geographical thing with recruiting. We've talked about that before. Um, but you know, winning does, does change that. But again, yeah, it comes down, like everything. we talked about the, the whole chicken and the egg thing. Um, and <clears throat> really the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, there's the perennial top 25 teams that you see year in year out the recruiting top 25 classes and then there's all the other power fives that pretty much are made up of three stars that 
um, their success is, is usually pretty cyclical. Um, they get a quarterback in and you end up getting some success and winning some games because you get some good players. And the next thing you know, you get some good recruits for a couple of years. And then you hope that maybe you can you can hit it right on, in the, on the last uh, uh, on the next quarterback. And that's kind of what happened with Dungey. You saw we 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 got one right and he got better, got better. We grew the depth. We got a coach, a coach in with a different philosophy. And that's what happened last year. And now it's turnover. And it's, it's just kind of what happens with teams like us. Like we're not a big time powerhouse team in the power five. No, we have history. Yes. Do we have history? Yes. Was there times when we were great? Yes. But you have to be realistic of the times now, and that's just not what it is. And most teams that are in our situation are made up of three stars in which their success is pretty cyclical. And you get a lot of games just like this, where if you miss on some special teams plays and you're you're having too many penalties and then you give up a trick play, you're most likely going to lose. The same trick play two weeks in a row, pretty much. Well, Uh, either way. uh, uh, Just, I mean, take a look just for instance, and I know I'm not telling most of the listeners anything here when I say this, but when we go into Florida State next year or next week, just take a look at the atmosphere there and everything. Just, just that's the difference. That's the difference right. between a, right. a, a bigger uh, program and not and, and being a state school, not a private school. It's a huge right. difference. Well, and then you look at the amount of D one recruits that come out of the state of Florida. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's endless. So you bring a recruit from Florida up to Syracuse on an official visit, and he just went to Florida State the week before, and then he sees something like, like what you know, a lot of times happens with us and. Yeah, that's, that could be a heartbreaker, too. I mean, it's not a deal breaker for all recruits, but like you said, I mean, that environment alone, I mean, that can do some things, you know. And there's a lot of people, you know, what comes first, you know, chicken or the egg, what comes first, winning your recruits. And I mean, yeah, as, well, I as, a fan, yeah, I, I as a fan base, you kind of want to probably do if you want the recruits, then you should probably do the best that you possibly can to probably to make it look like it's a, a destination that they want to come play for. You know, I mean, that's not everyone thinks like that, but that's how I think. That's how you think. I believe like I just winning solves everything. Winning is right. the answer to everything. I, I don't even think I understand that we we have that argument. We had it a lot with butts in the seats for games in the past years mm-hmm. and winning solves everything. But you can't sustain wins. Um, when you're, re- I mean, let's be honest with the, with the, the talent that's here, it's a, it's a young group We're re- yeah. literally rebuilding the team and we're mm-hmm. just getting around to rebuilding it. The last couple of years have been a struggle, but you know, we had the upperclassmen last year and that was the difference. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're basically running, we've been running with Schaefer's upperclassmen are this, this. Schaefer's guys have been our captains. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They were main uh, players and. Like you said, I mean, at the end of the day, yes, winning solves everything. But what does walking out when you lose solve? Uh, I, I just feel like you you got to be able to, to take one on the chin and come back and hope the next week, um, you know, changes things, you know. And yeah. I've always just been about the whole, you know, what if stuff. You know, you leave at halftime. What if they come back and they make that comeback and you left and you weren't there? It you know, close. it's just it's so. <laughs> Yeah, you always think about stuff like that, and I always look at it like twenty four six at halftime. And, you know, that's that's still winner. Well, it didn't look like it was going to be, but it, it ended up being a game. It's it's not that terrible though, in the long run. I mean, it's a lot of time in the whole half to make up that, you know. And they had right. their opportunities, and you know, maybe maybe some of us feel that it was kind of uh, we got ripped on that, but 
Uh, yeah, the, I get uh, at the end of the unless, day. I get I, a, I get a blowout at like the end of the third quarter, fourth quarter. I get it, but yeah, no. Well, but I'm not. Yeah, and I'm that's just a traffic beer. With the, yeah, you know, that's a traffic. It is. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, Zach on Facebook says the Welch experiment shows that he may not be a long term answer, but it's clear that with the worst O-line in the history of college football, you need a little hyperbole there, obviously. And yeah. the worst O-line in the history know. of college football, <laughs> you, you need a dual-threat QB. If he could actually be accurate on those short throws, he'd be a hell of a quarterback. He makes great decisions with the ball and is very aware in the pocket. It just sucks that so much that... It just sucks so much that if we had a decent O-line and discipline this season would be completely different. This squarely falls on Dino. He has all the guys and staff in place. There's no depth along the line and no discipline whatsoever. So he goes on to say, I have full confidence DeVito would be climbing the record books with a good O-line behind him. Now, we have yet to see that. And that's a good thing about DeVito and the line, period, is that everybody there is going to be, you know, well, with the exception of who? Ryan Alexander, what was he? Is he a junior? No, he's a senior. Ryan Alexander's a senior, yeah, 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 yeah. and so is um, <clears throat> Evan Adams. And I want to say, like I said, Sam Heckle is, who knows if you don't get another year, if he does sit out all year with medical, who knows? Right. So, you know, but we got guys coming up. Hopefully, that's something that we can see is DeVito get some protection and, and see what he can do. But, um, yeah. yeah, the dual threat quarterback thing, you know. It's nice. It's nice, but you know what, though? I mean, he's no DeVito, and, and I just don't – I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's all it's, – dude, it's all – it's awful gimmicky if you can't complete a pass or a throw. Yeah, that's the thing. You, you know, he's, that's... Been, he's been playing quarterback for how long, and he was throwing stuff into the dirt 15 yards out. I mean – I mean, I mean, right. It could be nerves, you know? It could be nerves. There's no doubt about that. But um, – you know, I mean, you know, you play quarterback since you're a kid, and this is what we're doing. So I'm just saying, I don't know if it could be fixed. That's all I'm saying. That's my point. Uh, right. At Biggest Q's fan, I don't know about that. D played well, as usual, and kept them in the game. The O-line is just too much of a liability, and early drops really hurt. Yeah, that's very true. There was a couple yeah. of them. Uh, gutsy comeback at the end. Um, yeah, like we said, I mean, that one, that first drop by Tristan Jackson, not really... <clears throat> Not really um, characteristic of of him to, no. to drop that, but could have been right. a touchdown. I mean, how would that have changed the comp- the 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 face of that game? You know, could, very well could have been a touchdown if you caught that pass. Yeah, no, it was just it was funny because like we talked about before uh, in the pregame, we talked about trying to get it in the middle of the field and hit slants and stuff like that. And the first two plays were drop balls in those exact routes, and they were open. Uh, it didn't look like we tried to go back. To, to those too much afterwards but um uh yeah it's <laughs> you gotta you gotta i mean that's that changes the whole first half in my opinion oh absolutely you know, obviously I mean, it's just, not gonna just be... those couple yeah just those couple plays right in the beginning to be able to stand a drive and go down and get points and you gotta be able to do that we can't wait so long can't wait for halftime to be able to figure out what they're doing to be able to put points up on the board. What do you think about – now, this is this could go either way. You can make an argument for both sides. What do you think about kicking the field goal at the two-yard line? At this point, anytime you Take get a chance points. to get points, you get points. <laughs> okay, fair Because if, if we kick that and then Schmidt kicks his field goal, then we need a well, – we're down one at – that fumble were rough. We wouldn't even have needed a touchdown. We would have just need field goal. run a couple plays, field goal, and you know. So at this point, 
I mean, until we can get confidence in what we're doing, uh, I say get the points whenever you can. Yeah. Um, let's see. At Black Mamba 2711, I didn't envision the O-line being this bad. It has hampered DeVito's growth big time. And uh, Jeff, 4185368989, I think that's his phone number for crying out loud, replied to him and said, you nailed it. Feel bad for DeVito. He's a really good quarterback. He's being blamed for something he has no control over. So I, I thought this was good for us to just bring up some conversation about DeVito's growth, Joe. Two things. DeVito's yeah. growth... You can't grow if you don't have time to throw the damn ball. I guess you can get you can it can toughen you up getting beat around like this. I suppose, um, right? But the other thing is is you know a lot of people we saw you know the calls for Welch and uh, we've been hearing this for a couple of weeks now about how Tommy DeVito sucks. I don't know what we expect this guy to this kid to do. I don't know. He's not that mobile of a guy. He's he right. has made some he has made some very bad decisions when you could tell like he's like ah you know there's a couple things he could do and he just he just makes the wrong decision. And that's part yeah. of growth. So that's good to kind of get this stuff out of the way. You know, some of these things you only do once or twice maybe, you know. But yeah, it's been it's been tough for Tommy DeVito <laughs> because of because of the protection he doesn't get. Right. So, I mean, that's you look at how many times he's got sacks. It's can't even imagine how many times he's been hit. Oh my gosh! And, I know. Yeah. So again, he's probably already got hit a season's worth. So well, he almost has. He's almost been sacked a season's worth. Right. Yeah. Let yeah. alone being so, hit and hurried and everything like that. I just and you saw the again, fight in him too when he lowered his shoulder to 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 uh, take out that safety. That was a. Stupid but ballsy move. Yeah. He was trying to make something happen, and deep in our own territory, he was trying to make something happen, and he flattened himself. So... Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying, that's not his game. No, it's not. It's not. That's not his game. I mean, Dungy can get away with it. Welch, 6'5", 240. Yeah, Welch, sure, big he, dude. If sure. he wants to run around and get hit all day, that's fine. He was roughed up too a couple of times. Like we were. Wondering. Oh yeah, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to get better throwing the ball if there's if it's even gonna be an option. But even in Baber's post conference, he said something about like, you know, I know who's better. Well, yeah, it all depends on who's healthy. Sure. It's right, and it's just not even. It's not even. I mean, last year was we made a mistake, and this year it's not even close. It was not even close to the same comparison. So you talking about um, for the for the game Tommy came well, in? Well, I'm just saying, Dun- yeah, between Dungeon and all that talk between right, Dungeon right, and right, DeVito, right. and there was like a little bit more. I mean, that was he came in and won a game and passed and threw the ball around, and then this guy just ran around like basically Eric Dungey. Yeah, it was Dungey-esque moments, and it all, and it almost worked. <laughs> I know. That's the problem. Like that's the thing. Like, is it? Yeah, like having a dual threat quarterback, it, it looks good, it helps, but it's not it's not like sexy quarterback play. You know what I mean? Like No, it's not. And, it's ballsy yeah. kind of, you know, and and yeah, you look at last year, ten and three, and okay, DeVito came in and had some moments and some games and stuff, but think about how many times Dungey had a chance to get hit and then that was it. That was it. That was the season. Yeah. That wouldn't have we wouldn't have been ten and three. So Right. Um, so anyways, I got one more, I think, 
I think we get the gist. They're all pretty, yeah. they're all pretty close yep, to yep. this. Uh, at, uh, oh, no, not at anywhere. Jeff G on Facebook. Opportunities lost. Another game. If the mistakes were cleaned up, that could easily been a win. And absolutely. With the penalties. My gosh, the penalties. We had more penalties one game. A couple, what was it? Was it last game? Was it against know. NC State? I think it was against NC State. We had more penalties and we had points for crying out loud. Right. Well, so, and uh, and again, we've there's a lot of things that hid last last year's the talent of the team. I don't think the team, so to speak, was as I don't want to say as good as everybody, but the reasons why we we had the season we had was because of all the little things, the turnovers, Ben don't break the sacks, not being penalized, being able to make the smart plays, those kind of things, you know. The, um, yeah. And then sometimes just the luck going your way, you know, and then special teams and all the kicks that we made. I mean, all that stuff worked for last year to, to and the little things can turn around and it can make the last two games be wins instead of a set of losses. And, and, can, and can we win three out of the next five? Yeah, we can. We can. We still can. Now, if we go to Florida State and we lose, it, it's bad. It's bad. Our bowl hopes are hanging by a thread right now. It's bad. Can we? Yes, but we have to see dramatic we, change we from guys, certain yeah. situations, yeah, from certain have, places. We have to see a consistency of of something, not just getting lucky and still getting sacked eight, nine times and just pulling out a win. I just don't think right. that that's the way it's going to happen. It's going to have to right. be like systemic. It's got to be like freaking yeah. the whole, you know. And as, and as weird as it sounds, dude, in college sports, that happens. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Like that's just it. It's just it, it. That's it happens. Like it's it's very easy to be like, yes. I mean, we can win some of these next games if we do all these things that we have proven that we can't do this year. So it's right. when you look at it as a fan, you 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 think there's no hope. There's probably fans that like I've saw some some comments talking about. Oh, I, I believe I've just come to the conclusion that we've seen our last win this season already. Like and talking about stuff like that, and I, based upon what you've seen so far this year, I can understand you. But I mean, I, teams do get better, and I do. Half of, uh, off has of this, this O line gotten better, Joe? Though honestly, has this O line gotten better? Has it gotten better? No, uh, no. no. <laughs> I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but it hasn't. It's actually might no, I be think getting the worse. Is gonna, I know. I'm saying. I think the defense is I'm, okay. Parts usually sure. teams they can get better. They usually do get better type stuff. But right. I think right now what you have to do, and like I think what B, Dino was was basically hinting on is kind of hoping that it, games four through six this stuff was going to happen, and now that it hasn't, uh, you know, something's got to yeah, happen. That was our window. Give. Yeah, that was our window. We heard him talk about it, and I bought into it. And now that now that we're kind of still treading water in the same place where we were, it's maybe time to do something, and we'll see what happens. Who knows? There's hungry guys on the bench. That is pure, 100% pure motivation. Like, these yeah. guys want to step up. They want to step up. They want to do it. So that should give everybody at least – some kind of hope, something. Yeah, gives me. And the majority. Well, he knows the defense that he has, right? You see these teams in the ACC. A lot of them seem pretty much mediocre, right in the middle of the pack type stuff. They're having, they're beating each other up all over the place. This team's beating this team, and then they turn around and beat this team. It's, it's, it's inconsistent. It's very inconsistent. So, I mean, these last two games basically been the same loss. It's been basically deja vu. So. <laughs> Like I, I said, mean, Groundhog Day, man. Freaking- so at this point, we're three and four. 
and we need we need to change some because what we're doing against these other teams isn't working and we have five games that we can still win on the schedule but not the way that we've been playing and you got a top-notch defense who 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 can hold their own probably against any team out there yeah and And at this point you know he can motivate the team yeah well before the game halftime you know that you can do that you know that he's a decent in-game coach they got to be buying in though and when he starts talking about the heart of some players you wonder if they're buying in it's it's and it's which player it's probably some of the players that he wanted to rely on and some of the upperclassmen that he thought were was going to be the cogs to this team and, and maybe they're not stepping up and he hasn't wanted to get rid of them because of possibilities of actually getting getting it gelled and the continuity and like giving it a becoming shot, sure. right and now at this point I think it's it's it is what it is at this point and you got to make a change otherwise it's going to be the same. Yep. All right. Well, that will do it. I think for us and you know I hope that at the very least you can come here and just maybe vent with us or just yeah see if that's all it if, is it's venting you know see if maybe. Uh, Look, when we're on here, I don't, I don't sugarcoat stuff because I don't believe it because I want to make you feel better. I'm just being trying to be realistic, and it's easy to be negative, and I'm negative sometimes. I'm negative a lot, but that's why we don't do the show right after the game, right, Joe? I mean, yeah, yeah, for the most part, <laughs> right? yeah. It's a, it's, it's a step back and take a look and just take it one game at a time. That's always been our philosophy here: taking one game at a time, whether it be basketball or football. So you know what? It is what it is. We'll see what happens. He's um, and and we'll we'll be back here on Wednesday like we normally do uh, to yeah. to come and do the Florida State preview. So I want to thank my bookie. I want to thank all of you for listening. Thank you to everybody who uh, went to fan feedback and did their thing there. Um, if you would, if you love the show like Joe does, leave a five star review <laughs> and <laughs> leave a five star rating and a review. And if we read it on the air, we will. Uh, I'll send you a little swag, man. I got some koozies, got some other stuff. By the way, I don't think "Baptized by Fire" uh, on iTunes. I read your review. If you're listening, hit me up. I'll check my email, but I don't. I do not think they emailed me. So anyway, hmm. um, yeah. Anyway, well, that's fine. You know. By the way, downloads go down when we lose. <laughs> not yeah. people are trying to hear it when we lose a lot. So, so yeah, that's maybe, true. So anyway. Um, uh, but thank you to all of you. Thanks to James on guitar. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broom 
Gate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broom Gate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.